Welcome to These Days at Home podcast. I am Melissa Johns from the blog HarborHome32.com. I invite you to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee as I share encouragement, relatable life stories, and biblical reflections on These Days at Home. Hello, welcome back to These Days at Home podcast. I'm Melissa. Thank you for joining me tonight. I am sitting here at my table. Um, I'm staring at a beautiful, beautiful bouquet of sunflowers that I got at the store. They were two for $10 and this time of fall just makes these sunflowers look so amazing. I love, I I love our house. If you are someone that knows me personally, I have, I'm just in love with our little home. And I don't say that in a prideful way, but in a way of just like, I can't, can't believe the good gift God has given us in this home. It just fits me to a T in so many ways. And so when I get to dress our dining room table with a huge bouquet of sunflowers, it just makes this room sing. It's just, oh, I just love it. I love sunflowers. And, um, this is, this is the perfect time of year to get them, obviously. So I'm enjoying that. And I'm hearing on the stove bubbling my canning tomatoes and a few cans of the tomatoes are popping on the countertop as they do when they are cooling down from being water bathed. Um, another wonderful, wonderful, uh, just, um, sound, I guess you would say a sound of the fall here in our home. I can't believe it is still October is beginning of October and I'm still canning tomatoes. Now it just, the temperatures just dropped. So I might not have that many weeks left or maybe not even a week. Maybe things will start drying or, you know, shriveling up right about now. Um, but either way, this is a lot this is, this is a lot longer than I have ever uh, canned tomatoes before. So that's kind of exciting. Um, I am a little late this week in getting out the podcast, mainly because we had a weird bug go through our house. Uh, last Saturday, my sister, or my, um, my sister, <laughs> my uh, daughter, uh, Holly, she had a fever and some other symptoms. And then, um, and then Sunday, my son, Benjamin, and then Monday, Patrick, and then, um, Tuesday, most of us were fine. No, Tuesday, Tuesday was the day I was feeling really crappy. I had a, I had really bad body aches. Um, and then my son, Benjamin's fevers were back and forth. Anyway, long story. We finally got him into the doctor. I think it was, uh, a Tuesday. Was that Tuesday that I took him in? I can't remember either way. We, my husband was spared from whatever this was that was going through all of us. So, um, I've been a little under the weather. The kids have too. Um, we've just had a little bit of a rougher week and we had one of our famous Papa Murphy's pizza nights the other, uh, yesterday. So anyway, we've been just, uh, trucking through this first week of October, but really loving the weather change and, I hope you guys are too. Um, I wanted to mention one little item of housekeeping. So I have been putting out on Instagram some polls to figure out what my next season topic will be. Um, it, it was, it was a tie between, um, everyday, the everyday homemaker uh, where I would interview people, um, on each episode or 
many of the episodes. And then the a second one was uh, whole food cooking and non-toxic living. And it was a tie between those two. Um, and so I'm going to use what I'm going to use as a tiebreaker is looking at my stats for each episode in which um, what episodes have ranked uh, higher. And one of the one episode that people have listened to the most is are my two episodes on whole food cooking and non-toxic living. So I think I'm going to go with that topic first and then we'll hit everyday homemaker later. Um, I've thought of a few other topics for the seasons of our different seasons for this podcast. So I'm really excited, you guys. I hope, um, I know I say this every week, but I truly, it is my prayer that um, whoever is listening uh, is encouraged by this, is uh, stirred, your affections for Jesus are stirred, um, that you know that whatever it is that you're doing um, is important, um, whether you're a homemaker, whether you are an aspiring homemaker, whether you are a mom or an aspiring mom, or whether you are uh, just living whatever life God has put in front of you and trying to do it faithfully. Um, I just really hope you guys find encouragement here and that's why you keep coming back. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm also going to be putting out that Facebook group I mentioned last week, um, sometime in the next few weeks. My goal is to have that uh, done by the end of October. So, all right, well, we are going to be going, uh, into the last, I'm only going to do two more weeks of um, of our Proverbs 31, uh, study. So, uh, I'm going to do a lot of verses tonight because, um, some of these are a little bit repetitive, um, from what we've talked about previously. And then, um, I want to wrap up next, uh, next week with the last three verses. So, um, we're in Proverbs 31, uh, start starting in verse 24. I'll, I will read that, uh, 24 through, t- uh, 27. Uh, yeah, 27. All right. It says, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, That was actually three verses, not... Oh, no, it was four. Never mind. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, let's take a look at these verses here. So we uh, we see that in this first one, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Um, we've seen previously in this uh, proverb that she is a woman that uh, knows how to make clothing or she makes things to sell. And in the, the last verse that we read in regards to this was that she um, she does things in uh, uh um, in an excellent way, whatever she makes, it is, uh, with excellence. And here, I think we see something, uh, uh, similar in the fact that she, uh, makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers the sashes to the merchants. Um, ma- the little commentary I have here says making linen garments and sashes, which she sells to the merchants indicates a skill in creating clothing and beauty and value. Such activity exemplifies a high degree of entrepreneurial skill and responsibility in making financial decisions and undertaking commercial activity. So this woman is someone that, yes, 
like we've seen, makes things well. She does things well. Um, and she's got a knowledge and wisdom in being able to sell those things, uh, be able to, um, make a profit, have a little bit of a business, um, on, on the side. And, um, yeah, those are good things. Having wisdom in making financial decisions is very, um, very important as well as a, a as a woman. That's something I think I wish, or I know, I wish I would not have waited to figure out. Um, I've always done fine financially. I've never done anything horribly unwise, but there were some things I just neglected to do. Uh, even like just prior to getting married, I think here's a, there's application here for a woman, um, whether you're married or not, is that, um, you have a mind and ability to learn financial information, to learn and do well in, uh, taking care of your finances, setting up, um, savings account, life insurance, investments, all of these things are really good and wise to do. And I kind of neglected to do that because I always thought that was a married people thing. Um, but I, I wish I wouldn't have waited. I wish I wouldn't have waited until now to understand those things and be, um, be wise about them. So that is something that whether you ever get married or not, whether you ever are in a relationship and with a husband and a spouse and family and you have all these things, that is something that you can do. That is not a married people thing. So, um, I just see, yeah, a lot of wisdom in, and taking care of financial responsibility and having that knowledge is very, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Um, and I also wanted to mention in the terms of, um, finances, I heard, I heard this quote, uh, recently that, um, or this concept recently that, uh, just because like, as far as stay at home moms, just because you are not out there getting a paycheck does not mean that you are not, um, contributing to the economy of your home, which I really liked that phrase because I think, uh, I think that's the kind of what I like in my own situation, I can think about is, man, I'm not, I'm not bringing in any money. Um, and right now that's not necessary because my husband has a, a great job, a really good job. And financially the numbers don't make sense to put uh, kids in childcare and then me work. It would just make no financial sense at all. Um, so in that way I am contributing to the finances of our home by not leaving and having to pay for your childcare. Um, I'm also contributing to the financial economy of our home because I uh, guess what? I am the main shopper in this house. My husband rarely buys anything. If he does, it's on Amazon. I buy everything that we need, uh, food, clothing, household items, Ace Hardware. I mean, Ace Hardware all the time. My husband tells me what we need to get. And so I go and get stuff at Ace Hardware or I'm doing a painting project and, you know, just everything. Like I am the one spending the money. And because of that, I am also, and I, I think I, this is, should fall under a category of, it would be wise to be the one, um, uh, looking at the budget and making financial decisions when you're out shopping as, or when I'm out shopping, as far as like, what is a better deal? How can I save money? How can I be frugal? Like that, that is a huge blessing to our finances. Um, and so in that way I am contributing to the economy of our home. Um, so any encouragement out, that was just a little encouragement for anybody else out there that might uh, feel that same way is, um, 
when you think about money, um, economy, like you are still contributing and are, uh, um, a benefactor or not benefactor. I can't think of the word you are benefiting your family. There we go. Uh, by, by making wise financial decisions. Um, so going on, going on to the next, uh, next verse, it says strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs the time to come. Uh, back in verse 17, we saw that she dresses herself with strengths and makes her arms strong. Um, the, here we again, here again, we see the word strength, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she lasts the time to come. I think this is such a rich verse because um, there again, we see strength and dignity are her clothing, um, making yourself strong. Um, and this could be strength you know, like physically, or it could be strength in, in heart in character, um, kind of hearkening back to that episode, um, just how good would it be for us as women to, um, not always be the damsel in distress, not always to be the weak one, um, but to be strong for our family, for our friends, for our community. Um, and then that word dignity too, I think is, is interesting. Um, kind of, I think of it as being like, um, being like a lady, if that makes sense. Um, kind of in the, not in, well, a little bit in the old, olden day sense, not necessarily like overly girly or overly feminine, like this princess, um, but dignity and lady, lady likeness, I guess you could say is it was a, like a way of being, you were a lady. If you, um, were, were modest, were agreeable, were, um, sharp within your mind could carry on good conversations. We're polite, we're kind and nurturing, like all those things as kind of what I imagine a lady being someone of high esteem. And so that, that kind of word I, I see in dignity as well. Um, she has dignity. Um, and I, that word dignity also reminds me of, uh, um, a benediction that I heard at my church, that a ch- one of the churches I was going to up in the up in the city's uh, Minneapolis area, and every Sunday the uh, pastor would end with a benediction, and it would start, um, "You have dig- dignity in your being because you are made in the image of God." Um, I can't remember the rest of it, but I just remember that beginning of it. And it just always has stuck with me. So that idea of having dignity in your being because you were made in the image of God. Um, that's, that's us ladies. That's our, our children. That's everyone we meet. Um, they have dignity in their being because they were made, made in the image of God. And so this idea of strength and dignity is her, are her clothing. Um, there's that dignity that we inherently have because we are, um, image bearers. And then there's the dignity that we can, um, we can put on as, um, we can put on as like a, as a clothing, something that is precious and, um, and highly esteemed or um, upheld, I guess you could say. And then she laughs at the time to come is the second part of that verse. Um, this one always convicts me because this means that this woman can laugh at the time to come. She is not worried. She is not fearful of what might come. Kind of like in that other verse we read, um, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. It's kind of similar. It's that idea of um, there is some 
you know, we don't know what's coming in our future. We have no idea. Um, probably a storm, probably some hardships of some time, because that's just the way of the world. Um, we uh, were not promised easy time in life. And if you've talked to anybody in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they will ultimately tell you that life is hard. There are hard things that will come. Um, and I mean, depending on who that person is, they might have wisdom for you or not, but I, I think we can look right here and see that this is why is that we uh, laugh at the time to come that we, um, aren't, we, it's not that we're unprepared or that we don't think about the future, um, that we don't have any, um, yeah, there's no preparedness in our life. I don't think that's what it means. I think it means that when we think about it and it comes across our mind, we can, um, we can just approach it in an unworried way because the Lord holds us, if that makes sense. Um, again, it convicts, it convicts me because <laughs> I think about, oh my gosh, how many things do I, do I worry about? Um, but one of the verses I was thinking about today was, um, in Jesus, he says that, um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So I kind of, I think about that in this way, let's just take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, the next verse says she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Um, I don't know if you've ever met anyone that, um, is old and unwise. Now that might seem like a very contradictory statement because the, this, our culture and people in general just want to think that everyone that's old is wise, but that's not exactly true. I've met some old people that are not wise. I've met some old people that are curmudgeony and don't have kindness on their mouth, are grumbly and ornery and just jaded and cynical of the world. Um, but here we see, um, a woman who she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Um, I, I, I want to re remind us of the very, one of the very first verses of this, um, wait, was it this first? Oh no, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Proverbs. So the very beginning of Proverbs, the whole book of Proverbs, um, it says the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is fear of the Lord. Um, and that's a fear, not in like a, you're absolutely terrified, uh, fear. It is, a, a reverent fear that makes, uh, makes you come to the Lord in reverence, um, but not like running, running for the hills away from him kind of a fear. There is this, uh, Greek, I think it's Greek term called numinous awe. It's how theologians described the fear of this fear of the Lord is a numinous awe. It's a, it's a, a, a fear that is basically in awe of the Lord. Um, maybe a little like terrified as in not, I don't see, I don't want to use the ter word terrified. Our English language is so, um, so limited, but, um, there is that, yeah, that reverence of like, wow, this, this is God who is uh, all powerful, all knowing, all holy. Um, and I am not. So there, there, it elicits a, a little bit of a fear, but, uh, an awestruck one, one that comes, give, 
makes you run to him and not um, far away from him, if that makes sense. Um, so when this talks about um, wisdom, she opens her mouth with the wisdom. I can't help but think that that's a part of this too. Um, wisdom isn't just like, oh yeah, I've lived a lot of years. So, you know, I, I can tell you a few crazy stories of me when I was young and what I've learned not to do. I mean, that's just general life wisdom. Um, but there is wisdom that kind of goes beyond that, um, in, in the way of, um, knowing the Lord, having wisdom from God. If you are wanting to dive into wisdom, um, Proverbs 30 or Proverbs, the whole book is definitely, or it's considered the wisdom, uh, literature of the Bible. There is, um, Proverbs, there is a Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, uh, Ecclesiastes, and then James is also considered a wisdom literature, one of the wisdom literatures. Um, lots of good stuff in there if you are wanting to dive into that a little bit more. Um, and then she says, uh, and it says, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So um, again, the, um, the idea of a woman that is, um, is kind. I think she, it'd be hard for this woman to not, to not, to be teaching kindness if she was not also kind, if she, she had not also taught her tongue how to be kind. And she had taught, um, her children and, um, other people around her to, uh, to be kind. Um, so, I think that there is a lot of application there for us. I know, um, some of us, I, I will admit this is me, um, that I will maybe be kind. I don't know how to say this. I come across as a kind person and Lord, please. I hope I am. I truly hope I am by God's grace, but I am not perfect. And this is, again, this is a a proverb of a woman who is essentially, this is like the epitome of a of a, of a godly woman, a virtuous woman. Um, and so, and none of us match this. Okay. So if you're, you're, we've been going through this and if you're thinking, oh yeah, well, I know this person, she might, she kind of checks all these categories. Think again, because that is not the case. This is a woman who, um, yes, has, it's a very high standard that none of us can meet. And that's why we need the Lord. We aren't perfect in character. We aren't perfect in virtue, but through Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, he made it so that we, his righteousness is accounted to us. So, um, that is how God sees us. God sees Christ's perfection when he looks at us. Um, so we don't have to perform. We don't have to constantly be striving for this, something that we, we can't attain to on the side of heaven. Um, I don't think though, that means that we don't stop, um, trying to not even trying. I don't, I don't even like that word trying. We don't stop relying on God to change us. That's probably, that's what I want to say. We don't stop relying on God to, to grow us, to make us more like Christ. Um, that is his promise to us when he sent his Holy spirit after he ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy spirit, um, that has been on believers from from that moment on. And so we are continually, as the scripture says, being made into the image of God <clears throat> from one degree of glory to the next. Now, um, so kind of back to this, I, 
I am not perfect. I am not always kind in my heart. I hope I am always kind as I speak to people, but I think there is, um, if you just dig into this a little bit, we see that, um, a woman that is teaching kindness also has a, a kind heart. So there is an application there for you. Um, and then the next verse 27 says she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Now, this is kind of a big one. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot that we could, uh, talk about in here, but I think, I think the main thing that we should take away from this verse is that she is someone that is a diligent worker. We've seen it again and again in this, in this proverb. She's a good worker. She's a hard worker. She is diligent. She is excellent in all she does. Um, and it says right there, she looks well to the ways of her house. Now, what could that mean? Um, well, that could mean a lot of different things. I mean, it could mean just what, I mean, what are the ways of a household? There's a kitchen that's being run so people can eat. There's laundry going so people can have clean clothes. There's a mop bucket always in the corner because there's always going to be a spill. I mean, not literally, but you know what I mean? Like there's the, the cleaning aspect. There's the, uh, the food, the, physical, all the physical needs that need to be met. And then there is financial, there is, um, hospitality, there is, um, ministry possibly. And then also there is raising of children, most likely not everybody um, has children, but, um, nurturing, um, human beings of some kind, whether that's children or an elderly parent living with you or, um, Maybe you're just in a tight knit community and you are serving endlessly out of your household um, because you don't have kids or maybe your kids are growing up. Um, there is so many ways of the household and um, she looks well to all of them. Um, so I think f as I, I'll just give a little bit of application for myself here uh, to give an example and then I'll let you guys kind of think through your own. So um for me, looking to the well to the ways of my household right now means a lot of physical needs. I have so many physical demands on me because my all my children are little. They're little. They need me to wipe their butt every day, um, multiple times a day. Usually, uh, need me to feed them. They need uh, they need me to make sure that they get to bed on time. That they uh, have rest time. They have play time. Like all of their daily activities sun up to sundown, I am orchestrating a lot of that. Um, so I have to look well to those ways. I have to look well in the ways, um, of my children's personalities. So, you know, that's one thing recently I've really started thinking about is as my kids get older, I see a little bit more of truly kind of their personalities, their individual needs. One of my children just really loves for me to play with him. And that connection time is so important where another one of my little ones is really content playing on their own. And so I have to figure out how to meet everyone's needs. Now, I can't do that perfectly. I was talking with my, um, my dear cousin the other day about that and my, my mom too, and was just was like, I can't, I can't meet everyone's needs. And they're like, no, you can't and you shouldn't. Um, and so I think there is, uh, just, just a re like a realization there of like my limits. Like, I know I can't meet everyone's needs 
all day, every day, all the time. There will be gaps. I, whatever it is that we, you know, how we raise our kids, we try so hard to do well, but there will be gaps and the Lord will be the one to fill that in. Um, but needless to say, I, my, the way of the way, one of the ways of my household I need to look well to right now are my children's personalities. They need me. They really need me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm finishing out the gardening season and I'm a wannabe homesteader trying to reserve as much food as I can. And I just had this like overwhelming sense the other week where I was like, man, my children need me. Like I can't even be in the garden for, you know, just like 10, 15 minutes without somebody needing me. Like, how am I ever going to get all of this work done? And the Lord really convicted me. I was praying through the situation and um, I just, I felt him saying like, you can let the garden go. Like your children need you. So the garden is part of my household, but my children are a bigger part of my household. So looking well to the ways of um, what I have in my responsibility is is wise. It's a good thing, a good thing to do. Um, now this, I think this also, like when I think about my future, I'm thinking, okay, my kids are going to be in school. They'll be over at friends' houses. They'll be in sports, like, you know, all these different things. Um, and I think looking well to the ways of her household could also mean like making sure you are, I am, I'll just use me. I am invested in my kid's life. I know who their friends are. I know where they're going, what they're doing. Um, I am kind of like my children's gatekeeper in a lot of ways. Um, so kind of just that, that level of responsibility that we have to our family, our spouses, our homes, I think is what is being uh, emphasized here. And then it says, uh, she does not eat the bread of idleness. So idleness meaning um, being idle, being um, uh, I-D-L-E, so not idle as in like American idol, but idle as in like in a car is idling. It's in neutral. It's, uh, stagnant. It's not moving. Um, so she does not eat the bread of idleness. She is again, someone that is always working and diligently. Now, I don't think this ever means that she doesn't rest. Uh, that is a massively important thing. And for a historical Jewish woman, keeping a Sabbath would have been part of her high virtue and character. Uh, a Sabbath day means a day of, of rest where you, where you didn't work. Um, and so I, I know that that's probably a part of this, um, being taking rest doesn't mean that you are being idle. Um, I'm sure we all can think of times in where we, um, were idle, that we weren't, um, working hard. now I, there's this, um, it's, it's, this is like tricky ground to walk on as far as like talking. This is where talking over a podcast can be difficult because I don't know who is listening. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what physical abilities or disabilities you might have. I don't know what hormone disorders you have or imbalances. I know I have a hormone imbalance. Um, and some of that means adrenal fatigue. And some of that means not being able to work as hard as you once did, or, um, maybe the age, age is a part of that. As you age, you, you get more tired. And so I, I don't want to talk to you guys. Like this is what this needs to look like. I just want to talk about this, uh, kind of on the heart level. Um, 
being, there was a time in my life where I would go to work. It wasn't that grueling of a job, you know, I could just do the work and I came home and I sat and watched Netflix for three, four hours. Like I just binge watched Netflix and, and I ate food and that's it. And I was sitting at a computer all day long. So I sat all day. I came home and sat all night and then I slept and I got back up and I did it again over and over and over and over again. Um, now I regret that in a, in a few ways, but, um, one way is that I, I was being idle. I was not, I was not fostering anything good in my life besides just going to work and coming home. Um, I had friends at the time I had, um, I had space to invest in ministry, but I would just sat at home and I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Um, and I think that that, that's, that was a season for me of idleness. And I learned something from one of my friends. It was uh, one of the Bible studies I had joined. This is way back ago, a while ago, uh, we were studying Ecclesiastes and you know, that little term idle hands are the devil's playthings. It actually comes from Ecclesiastes and the, the guy that was leading the Bible study, just, uh, we were going through that verse and he was just saying how much that verse really, um, really changed him. And he was saying how it's, it's a good thing to work. It's a blessing to work, to keep your hands busy because, uh, idle hands are, there's area for uh, temptation to slip in. There's uh, areas for, like the the verse kind of says, for Satan to play with. And so, being being someone that um, keeps herself busy in a good way, like a productive way, is a good thing. Um, having things that you're constantly doing or things that you're working on, and so you don't just sit and stare at the screen day after day after day after day. Um, this could look like a lot of things, so I'm not going to get into the nitpickiness of this, but I, um, I just, I, yeah, I really want to encourage anyone out there. And again, for myself, um, that to keep working, keep doing good things. And, um, I think it'll be good for our hearts. Um, it'll be good for our homes. Um, I was, so I've really been thinking about my social media, um, usage and kind of like what I was saying with the garden and my children, how much my children need me right now. Um, same thing with, with my social media. Like I just, at the weirdest times, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like, why am I just like sitting here scrolling? It's like the first app I open on my phone. So dumb. I don't need to do that. I, all the time that I use on social media, I could use for something so much more, um, beneficial for our home. I could be, um, or just for myself, honestly, reading a book or learning how to knit or playing a guitar for 15 minutes. Like that is so much, but much better, much better. That doesn't make sense. Um, that's just better time spent. And so, um, I think, uh, I think this verse kind of encourages me to do that to, um, not just sit idly on my phone, not just sit idly watching TV, um, all the time, but, uh, to, to be looking for ways to keep, keep myself busy. Um, and again, I just want to remind you all that I'm not talking about never resting. I watch TV at the end of the day. I check in with my friends on social media. It is important. Those things are important to me, uh, to have rest and to have downtime. 
And I think it is very, very important for our overall mental health. Um, especially I think a whole day, like a Sabbath day is, is just such a, it's been such a gift for our family to, uh, try and practice that it's hard with the little ones, but, um, we do put in a big effort to have a day of rest. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's been good for all of us. So a definite, a definite encouragement there to, uh, just look around, look around your day, look around your life and what ways you could be, um, you could be being idle that you don't realize it and, um, putting in a little bit of a measure to be, uh, be more, uh, busy in a, in a sense with your hands or be, um, be more involved maybe in your community or your relationships. Um, okay. Yeah, that was it. I was going to go into the next verse, but I think that one, um, just, uh, goes well with the last chunk of the, uh, the proverb. So we have verses 28 through 31 left. So I'll talk about those next week. So thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I hope you all are well um, enjoying fall. If you are listening to this podcast in real time, if you're not, and you will find this months and months later, and you're in the middle of winter, I hope you can look forward to fall. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For daily interactions and more inspiration, find me on the socials at HarborHome32 or my blog, HarborHome32.com. Talk with you next time. Bye.